minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday 
This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
dattiu dattiu datti ki hinni beyotu beyotu beyodhu levan ki hinni beyotu beyotu beyodhu levan kahoymer kahoymer beyad beyad hayotsay Ribbino, <laughs> Ich 
Show in a new dino. 
everywhere. I shut my eyes, shut my ears, and bow. 'Cause I know there's a better day coming, blowing in from the north and south. But I don't give up. I let my love shine bright. I won't give up. No, 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 no. No, 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 I won't give up. I let my love shine bright. I won't give up. No, 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 no. Don't put me down for the way that I look, for what I wear. Just this skin I bear. A time when all men and women will live as one. At least I do believe. So I don't give up. I let my love shine bright. Won't give up. No, 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 no. I won't give up. I let my love shine bright. J.M. in the A.M. Don't give up. That's R.E.A. Kunstler here on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Before that, Eitan Katz, the Lee Yerushalayim, as we think of uh, Jerusalem and, of course, many other cities in Israel this morning. Mordechai Shapiro's Shiramalos. You heard uh, Hineni Biyadcha, amazing tune from Avram Fried. We spoke about it yesterday. It's included on the brand new album, Bring the House Down. He was here yesterday, Avram Avram Fried, in our studio at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, Lakat Kaveret, that's Pugi, uh, Kaveret Bapark, I should say, Pugi with Natati Lachayai. And, uh, Regish, of course. Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It is a, a Thursday morning broadcast 
here at JM and the AM, and many of you are waking up to the same news that uh, we are waking up to, and that is this attack in Kiryat Arba, which has claimed the uh, life of a beautiful 13-year-old girl. An Arab terrorist stabbed a 13-year-old to death in her bedroom Thursday morning after he infiltrated the city of Kiryat Arba next to Hebron. Halil Yafa Ariel is the name of the uh, 13-year-old victim who was murdered by an Arab terrorist. Uh, My daughter was sleeping calmly when he, the terrorist, came into her bedroom, Halil's mother, Rina, told Army Radio. She was happy, she added. I assume she means in general. Hamagain David Adom, paramedic, said that when he arrived at the scene, the teenage girl, Halil Yafa Ariel, was unconscious and was not breathing. They were able to resuscitate her at the scene, but it was touch and go during the whole journey to Sharitetic Medical Centers. They continuously fought to keep her alive. She was pronounced dead shortly after her arrival without ever regaining consciousness. After the attack, the IDF and one of the Prime Minister Office's spokesmen tweeted a photograph of her blood-stained bedroom. Many of you, I'm sure, have seen it already. 13-year-old girl wounded in stabbing attack has succumbed to her wounds is one of the tweets that accompanied the picture. An IDF spokesperson said Hallel had been a member of a dance troupe and had performed in Jerusalem the night before. Her stepfather, Amichai, is a cousin of Agriculture Minister Uri Ariel and runs a boutique winery. She'll be buried in the old Jewish cemetery in Hebron. The funeral leaving Kiryat Arba, 6 p.m. today. It's 11 o'clock Eastern time this morning. The terrorist, Mohammed Tararia, 17 years old, breached the settlement's fence and then entered the Ariel home that was located on a security road near Yeshiva High School for Boys. The settlement's security team responded. According to the IDF, the terrorist stabbed a member of that team before another member of the team shot and killed Tararia. Among the Magen David paramedics who responded to the scene was the wife of the wounded member of the security team. She went with her husband to Hadassah Medical Center. Doctors there said that the wounded man, believed to be age 30 years old, was suffering from gunshot wounds and that his injuries were not life-threatening. Residents of... um, Kiryat Arba, about 8,000 people were asked to remain in their homes for about a half an hour until it was clear there was no more attackers in Kiryat Arba. According to the Jerusalem Post, since the wave of Palestinian violence against Israelis began in September, there have been many attacks in and around Hebron, as well as on the outskirts of Kiryat Arba, but an infiltration into the city of Kiryat Arba itself is rare. Prime Minister Netanyahu and Defense Minister Lieberman met and ordered the IDF to close off the village of Bani Naim, located near Kiryat Arba, where Tariya lived. They also ordered the IDF to rescind work permits belonging to him, immediate uh, belonging to his immediate and extended family. According to his Facebook posts, and, and well, we'll get to that in a second. According to his Facebook post, Tariya was partially inspired by a vehicular terror attack outside of Kiryat Arba, in which Israeli couple was lightly injured. The IDF unit which responded to the attack shot and killed the Palestinian driver. Tahiria mentioned her in his post under the hashtag, A Sister to Bravery. Beginning of the week, he wrote a post saying that the death is a right. I am asking for my right. His uncle carried out a car ramming attack in Hebron in March. Now, what a terrible tragedy. It, it, I, 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 I cannot even believe that members of Knesset would get up publicly and suggest, as as there is an article uh, on the Jerusalem Post website, that the um, that the blood of the 13 year old girl murders 
is on the hands of member of Knesset Hanin Zoabi. Now I know Hanin Zoabi is a is a terrible anti-Israel member of Knesset, and uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu is doing what he can to see if uh, he can oust her, or if the government of Israel and the courts in Israel can oust her from the Knesset. And I know that this diatribe yesterday against Israeli soldiers was was outrageous, and the the reaction was warranted. The uh, the mini um, riot, so to speak, in the Knesset that resulted after her statements. But how on earth can one trivialize and spread the notion that it is because of her that this that this teenage terrorist went ahead and killed 13-year-old Halil Yaffa Ariel? It, it, is it? Wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be more prudent? To remind the world that this is how these young people are growing up by being taught this and being inundated with this by their schools, by their families, by their media, by people they admire, and that likely the one who murdered Halil Yafa Ariel never has heard of Hanin Zoabi and certainly did not hear her speech in the Knesset. Now I understand the bigger picture that they are indicating that the incitement that leads to murders like this are uh, exemplified by what she did in the Knesset this week. But um, if we're, I, I believe it is so much more effective to remind the world of what is going on on a daily basis in the schools, homes, and communities of where these terrorist murderers grow up and it really, it really, in my opinion, is questionable to publicly lay the blame on one person or one speech because it gives such a wrong impression about what's really going on. This is a, uh, as the article said, this is a, um, this is a terrorist a teenage terrorist who was inspired by the murderous acts of his friends and relatives and those he admired who tried their best to kill as many Jewish people as possible. And it is, uh, it is those and those around him and those who continue to inundate and incite these young people in their schools and their homes and their communities and in their mosques, I would assume most likely as well. Uh, it is they who are uh, probably more to blame for what has happened. The um, funeral, as we said, takes place starting at 6 p.m. tonight, 11 o'clock Eastern Time this morning. And uh, this is the latest victim in this uh, string of terror attacks that we hope and pray the government of Israel and the IDF and police forces are able to finally quell and put a stop to. Uh, Halel Yaffa Ariel, 13 years old, stabbed to death in her bedroom Thursday morning in Kiryat Arba, Israel. The uh, murderer gunned down by um, security forces in the aftermath of the attack. 
JM in the AM with 70 degrees, sunshine today, high temperature, mostly sunny, a high temperature of 86 tonight. Clear skies, a low of 70 tomorrow, Friday, some afternoon thunderstorms and a high temperature of 80 degrees. A Thursday at JM in the AM, plenty going on all day long on the stream at jmtheam.org. Tomorrow, our weekly update, Malcolm Holmline will join us. Our weekly update will be, um, will commence at 740 tomorrow morning here. At JM in the AM, you can listen in on the on the radio and on jmtheam.org, and of course on the NSN app, where we welcome your comments all through the day and night. Make sure you have the NSN app as you travel on this Fourth of July weekend to pay careful attention to the amazing programming, music, and otherwise that we provide here at jmtheam.org and on the NSN app. Nineteen minutes before seven o'clock. More coming up on this Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Micha Gammerman wrapping up the hour. It's Kesher Shel Kayama. Ofi Nat before that. Kimitsi on the brand new single. Yehuda with Aleinu Elokai done by uh, the Waterbury Yeshiva uh, group, the Stay With Me CD. And uh, Aryeh Kunstler was in there with the single of uh, Don't Give Up. 7 o'clock in the morning. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app. News from Israel is next, and of course the murder of uh, Halil Yaffa Ariel, 13 years old, and carried Arba by an infiltrating Arab terrorist, teenage Arab terrorist, uh, into her bedroom, is I'm sure going to be the, uh, the focus of the uh, headlines. Funeral takes place at 6 p.m. tonight, 11 o'clock Eastern Time, four hours from now in Israel. Just the latest in the um, in the attacks against our Israeli brethren. In this case, a beautiful 13-year-old girl, Halil Yaffa Ariel. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Boker Tov from Jamie. צהל השעה שתיים, כדרן יבנאי, עם מה שקורה עכשיו. 
ראש הממשלה נתניהו ושר הביטחון יעלון הורו להטיל כתר על הכפר בני נעים, ממנו יצא המחבל שביצע את פיגוע הדקירה הבוקר בקריית ארבע. מהזירה מדווח כתבנו ענבל תמיר. בשעה זו נערכים כוחות צה"ל לסגירת הכניסות אל הכפר בני נעים והיציאות ממנו. במקביל, בשעות האחרונות פעלו החיילים בתוך הכפר, נכנסו אל בית המחבל בן ה-17 ותחקרו את קרוביו. בהתאם להנחיית ראש הממשלה ושר הביטחון, יישללו היתרי העבודה של החמולה אליה השתייך המחבל. כמו כן החלו הליכי האישור לקראת פיצוץ ביתו. ובתוך כך בשעות האחרונות נחשפים פרטים חדשים אודות המחבל, מדווח כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. הדוקר מוחמד טרייר כתב הבוקר בשמונה בעמוד הפייסבוק שלו המוות הוא זכות ואני דורש את זכותי מכפרו בני נעים יצאה גם הדורסת שניסתה לפגע בשבוע שעבר ליד קריית ארבע טרייר הילל אותה בפוסט אחר מותה וכתב את גאוות הכפר לאן הלכת והותרת אותי לבד שר הפנים אריה דרעי הודיע כי החל בשנה הבאה יונפקו אך ורק תעודות זהות ביומטריות הנק את המדבריו בטקס לציון כניסת מיליון איש למאגר הביומטרי. כל מי שיקבל תעודה במשרד הפנים, או תעודת זהוי או תעודת מסע, דרכון, יהיה ביומטרי. כמו כן החלטתי כבר שיהיה מאגר גם. צורת המאגר, מה יכלול במאגר, אני מקווה שבזמן הקרוב נכריע בעניין, יש מספר הצעות. הערוצים המסחריים 2 ו-10 תוקפים בחריפות את מנכ"ל משרד התקשורת בעקבות מסקנות דוח פילבר ואומרים כי יישומן יביא לריסוק הטלוויזיה הישראלית. כתבתנו שירה הדס נקר. בתגובה למסקנות הוועדה כתבו הזכייניות קשת רשת וערוץ 10 כי נראה שהמטרה האמיתית של משרד התקשורת והעומדים בראשו הושגה. הרס הטלוויזיה המסחרית הניתנת לציבור חינם, תום עידן התוכן האיכותי בישראל ותום עידן חברות החדשות העצמאיות. לטענת הזכייניות, המלצות ועדת פילבר משנות לחלוטין את האיזון הקיים היום בין חברות הכבלים והלוויין לבין הערוצים המסחריים, והן מבקרות את הדחייה בפרסום המסקנות לגבי חברות הכבלים והלוויין. לראשונה מאבטחי בתי הספר והגנים יקבלו שכר גם עבור חודשי החופש הגדול. כתבתנו קורל יעקבי. על פי ההבנות שהושגו בין משרד האוצר, ההסתדרות ומרכז השלטון המקומי, משך העסקתם של עשרות אלפי מאבטחים במוסדות החינוך, יוארך לשנים עשר חודשים בשנה במקום עשרה. בניגוד לעבר, המאבטחים יקבלו שכר על החופש הגדול כבר הקיץ. כתב אישום בגין נהיגה בשחרורות הוגש נגד איש העסקים אילן בן דוב בעקבות סירובו בסוף השבוע לעבור בדיקת ינשוף משטרתית. במקביל להגשת כתב האישום הגישו עורכי דינו של בן דוב בקשות לביטול הפסילה המינהלית של רישיונו ולביטול איסור השימוש ברכב המרצדס שבו נהג והוחרם על ידי המשטרה. והתחזית מחר תחול ירידה קלה נוספת בטמפרטורות אבל בשבת הטמפרטורות יעלו שוב. אלה החדשות שעורך רום ליאור. בחסות רשת אופטינאס, המציעה המשפטית.
in the AM. Ari Goldwagen Company with Minha Meitzar. Leviathan had Miyale. You heard Rogers Park with the Magid Olam done by Lipa. And, of course, Eighth Day in Jerusalem Stone opened up that set here at JM in the AM. 25 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning. It's Thursday at JM in the AM. The news from Israel is um, there's certain attacks that are just heart-piercing. And in this case, the collective Jewish heart around the world, I'm sure, feels the same way we do. And that is the uh, utter shock, disbelief, and pain of hearing about a uh, 13-year-old girl, Halel Yaffa Ariel, who was stabbed to death, 13 years old, stabbed to death in her bedroom Thursday morning after a uh, an Arab terrorist infiltrated Kiryat Arba next to Hebron. Um... She was pronounced dead shortly after her arrival at Shari Tzedek Medical Center after the attack. The IDF and one of the Prime Minister's offices uh, tweeted a photograph of her blood-stained bedroom, a scene that unfortunately we've seen too often when these terrorists infiltrate people's homes and go on wanton stabbing attacks. The um, security team of Kiryat Arba responded, and according to the IDF, the terrorist stabbed a member of that team before another member of the team shot and killed the terrorist. Residents of Kiryat Arba next to Hebron were asked to remain in their homes for about half an hour until it was clear there were no more attackers in Kiryat Arba. Since the wave, this is according to Jerusalem Post, since the wave of violence against Israelis began in September, there have been many attacks in and around Hebron as well as on the outskirts of Kiryat Arba. An infiltration into the city itself is rare. Prime Minister Netanyahu and Defense Minister Lieberman met and ordered the IDF to close off the village of Bani Naim, located near Kiryat Arba, where the terrorists live. They also ordered the IDF to rescind work permits belonging to his immediate and extended family. According to his Facebook post, the terrorist was partially inspired by a vehicular terror attack outside of Kiryat Arba in which an Israeli couple was lightly in- injured. The IDF unit which responded to the attack shot and killed the driver. He also mentioned in the uh, post, he, he also mentioned her in his post under the hashtag a sister to bravery. And at the beginning of the week he wrote a post saying that the death is a right, and I am asking for my right. His uncle carried out a car ramming attack in Hebron in March. So the uh, the atmosphere, I uh, would suggest, of the incitement that the schools, families, and communities that these um, Arab teenagers frequent, and the fact that they look upon the prior attacks against Israelis with great glee and admiration, it would seem that might be a logical reason why they decide to go ahead and kill Jewish people. Uh, Tomorrow we'll have an opportunity to speak about this incident and uh, other items in the news. Uh, It's been a big news week, that's for sure, when it comes to Israel and the Jewish world. And uh, tomorrow morning at 7.40, Malcolm Holmline will join us, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents. And we will discuss this and other news items. Funeral at 6 o'clock, which means 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Halil Ariel will be laid to rest, latest victim of uh, terror against Jews. 
Uh, we have a uh, an very, very interesting lineup today on jmnam.org and on the NSN app. I invite you to stay tuned in. Oh, and by the way, Rabbi Yoshua uh, Fass, the founder of Nefesh B'Nefesh, joins us one hour from now from Israel. It is the week of Parsha Shlach outside of the uh, state of Israel, so we've had a tradition of speaking with him each and every year during Parsha Shlach in Chutz Laaretz. And uh, we'll speak to him, uh, please God, about an hour from now. Uh, Charlie Harari is going to be on at 9 a.m., uh, an in-depth look at how to see your problems as opportunities. That's on the boardroom. At 10 o'clock, Jew in the City will, sp- will speak to uh, Wendy Shalit, author of A Return to Modesty, or Wendy Shalit, rather. A Return to Modesty. On That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach, she'll feature a pre-July 4th edition of That's Life with Sergeant Aryeh Perlman, excuse me, Sergeant Arthur Perlman, recently named to the Veterans Hall of Fame. After the live lunch at 1 o'clock, Mayor Furtick does the stunt show, and it's no stunt this week. It's a very, very interesting program. Bethany Mandel and Skylar Bader will both be on the 1 o'clock stunt show with Mayor Furtick to discuss how the Orthodox community treats converts, not the rabbinical politics of conversion, but the actual Bain Adam Lechavero aspect. Bethany and Skyler with Mayor Furtick at 1 o'clock Eastern Time today on our stream at jmnam.org and on the NSN app on the topic of how does the Orthodox community treat converts should be very very interesting. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echonishmasser of Zebin of Alevi and Esther Basar of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Talmud and Erevin, Amar Rabbi Loi, Devarim Adam Nikar. Rabbi Loi said, with three things, a person is recognized. Bekoso, Bekiso, Bekaiso. The way that a person drinks, the way that a person handles his money, ubekaiso, and when a person gets upset. Rameo Shapiro comments that Aaron Akoyin could not be examined through the first two. Because he's a coin, he couldn't drink wine. And in the desert, everyone got an equal portion. The only way to examine his righteousness was through his anger. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu said to Korach, Lochein ato v'choladoscha hanoadim al Hashem v'Aaron. If you want to examine Aaron, complain to him. See if you succeed in making him angry. Then you will know his true tzidkus. Rabbi Yisrael Hager, the great Rebbe of Vishnitz, was always careful never to get angry. One year, when they went to bake matzahs on Erev Pesach, he saw one of his followers getting angry about the proper way of baking the matzah. The Rebbe said to him, Anger is forbidden. The Chassid replied, But the slightest trace of chametz is prohibited. Chametz is aser b'mashahu. The Rebbe answered him, Believe me, a small trace of anger is much worse than a small trace of chametz. How can a person save himself from anger? There are a few ways. One, we can observe others who get angry and see how ridiculous they appear and then change. The Shalah Kodesh writes 
that is skula is to grasp the corner of the garment. It is also to remind him of the Tayag mitzvos of the 613 mitzvos. The Chassam Soifer says that even the right corner of a coat, not specifically the tzitzitz, will help. Revelio Lopian used to advise a person who was going to erupt in anger. He should take a half a cup of water in his mouth for a few minutes until he calms down. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. That's Ohad. Mini Kolech. 22 minutes before 8 o'clock in the morning. It's J.M. in the A.M. for this uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Weekly update this time tomorrow. Malcolm Holmline will join us and we'll go through the events of the week, including this uh, tragedy, this um, a terror attack in Israel that uh, claimed the life of a beautiful 13-year-old girl in Kiryat Arba, literally in her bedroom. The terrorist uh, infiltrated uh, Kiryat Arba, hopped the fence, got into the uh, Ariel home, family name Ariel, and um, and stabbed your 13-year-old daughter to death. And um, we'll discuss this, of course, and many other news stories affecting Israel and the Jewish world. That's tomorrow, starting at 7.40 Eastern Time, right here at JM in the AM. Shade the moors line
J.M. in the A.M. with Mordechai Shapiro. Ki Malachav off of the uh, CD entitled Kol Haderech here at J.M. in the A.M. 
Uh, I want to take this opportunity and wish a very special Mazel Tov. I was at a uh, just an amazing and incredible wedding last night. And uh, I want to take this opportunity to wish a Mazel Tov to both the uh, Malone and Mulgay families. Uh, the Malone family of Lawrence and the um, Mulgay family of um, Cedarhurst. A, a Mazel Tov going out to... Um, Sarah Malone and um and um to Sarah Malone her parents um uh, Johnny and Lonnie uh Malone who are of course are a wonderful family out there in Lawrence, and to uh, Heshi and uh, Michal Molge and the entire family out in Cedarhurst, a very special Mazda as well. It was just a, an incredible wedding. Iron Teitelbaum Orchestra with uh, Shlomi Daskal at the helm. Yisrael Lam, of course, leading a 20-piece symphonic orchestra with uh, an incredible medley that has um, recently been arranged by Yisrael Lam. That's how the reception started uh, when everyone sat down to... Uh, Enjoy the um, the dinner part of the wedding. This incredible medley that Yisrael Lam has recently arranged, which includes a couple of classic uh, Rachem selections. Uh, Shlomi Daskal performed it. Just absolutely unbelievable. Um, so a great orchestra, um, a wonderful celebration up at the Rye Town Hilton, and we say Mazel Tov to the uh, Malone and Molgay families from all of us here at JM in the AM. Just a wonderful, beautiful, and incredible celebration. Really an honor to be part of it with the Iron Teitelbaum Orchestra last night. Eight minutes before 8 o'clock on this JM in the AM uh, Thursday morning broadcast. This comes from uh, Yummy Lowy at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. It's Yumi Lowy here on a J.M. in the A.M. Uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Reminder, we have incredible programming all day long on our stream at jmtheam.org and on the NSN app. Coming up at 9 o'clock, the boardroom with Charlie Harari and the topic of how to see your problems as opportunities. 10 o'clock, Jew in the City Speaks. Allison Joseph's the host, and she'll speak with Wendy Shalit, author of A Return to Modesty. At 10.30 this morning, That's Life with host Miriam L. Wallach will feature a pre-July 4th edition with Sergeant Arthur Perlman, recently named to the Veterans Hall of Fame. After the live lunch, it's the Stun Show with Mayor Fertig. Listen carefully. He'll feature Bethany Mandel and Skylar Bader discussing how the Orthodox community treats converts. Not the rabbinical politics of conversion, but actual Ben Adam Chavero issues. That's at 1 o'clock today, Eastern Time, on the Stun Show with Mayor Fertig hosting should be very, very interesting. Make sure to be tuned in all day long at jmnan.org and on the NSN app. It's America's one and only, and if you're traveling at any point during this weekend, make sure you have the NSN app with you uh, so you could tune in and hear great music and wonderful programming constantly. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app.
ایشا من بیار یهودا روحو خودتاییست یروشالاییم هیرایشا من بیار یهودا روحو خودتاییست
Pischili done by Simcha Liner here on a JM in the AM uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Uh, before that, you heard the uh, selection from Omek HaDover. That's Makar Chaim. David Lowy's Meheira. Ellie Marcus, we mentioned yesterday when Avramel was here, he mentioned Ellie Marcus among his family members, or I call it the Avram Fried musical family tree, <laughs> uh, who's been doing great out there. So that's Ellie Marcus. And Shlomo Katz had Lee Shuoscha here at JM in the AM. the theme song that we use when uh, this special guest is with us live via telephone, and that's, of course, by Josh Fass, who I will introduce uh, to you in just a moment. He is the founder of Nefesh Benefesh and is getting ready to preside over another amazing summer of Aliyah. In fact, we will be with him, please God, on the July chartered flight, uh, reporting directly to you, our amazing listeners, and encouraging everybody to get to the uh, web and get to their telephones and start thinking about their own Aliyah. He's the founder, co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh, joins us every year during the week of Parsha Shlach, which is a Parsha that is somewhat challenging when it comes to the issues of moving to Israel. Uh, we read Parsha Shlach outside of Israel. In Israel, they've already read it last Shabbos, as we're still a Parsha off, but we're going according to the Chutzlaretz, the exile, Gullus schedule, and therefore presenting the uh, conversation this morning. Rabbi Josh Fass, shalom, shalom, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much to all your listeners. Good to be back on. I appreciate that. I want to start with good news. Today's a day that we could start with good news, and uh, then unfortunately we'll uh, we'll talk more about um, what we've learned about what happened in Israel early this morning. The good news is, thank God, that you bring wonderful joy and simcha to us, and that's because the ufruf of your son takes place this coming Shabbat. You, the Fass family, is getting ready to make a wedding. Mazel tov to you, Rabbi Fass. It must be an amazing and incredible feeling. It is a surreal, amazing experience <laughs> to uh, marry off your, your firstborn, Yitzchor. And uh, to an Ola Chadasha, to Jesse Rogerberg. Wow. She's an incredible, incredible young woman, and we are so, so thrilled and excited about uh, the wedding in a few days. How long has she been in Israel? Well, she was here a few years ago. She, they actually met at my Shabbos table, which oh. is a warning to all those who host <laughs> seminary girls at your house. Um, so they met, they met at our Shabbos table, and they obviously connected somehow, and they kept in touch, and... She was in YU and Stern, and and she actually just made Aliyah a few weeks ago. Went back to finish certain things to tie up some loose ends, and coming just a few days before the wedding. Wow, very nice. And yeah. uh, and she was treated like everybody else would be when it comes to Nefesh Benefesh. She she didn't even need your additional protectia to get everything done. That's how efficient your organization is, right? 
I have yes, but I have to say that we got a little bit of a little protection of having our whole family greet her at the plane when she arrived on a, on a group flight, which is normally not done. We got special security clearance to actually go on the plane, but that's usually not done. But uh, but yeah, she got uh, she got great treatment like every other VIP over. Ah, phenomenal! That's fantastic. To you and your wife and the entire family, and of course the extended family and the uh, Collins family. Everybody, we say Mazal Tov. And you know if we were in Israel, we'd be uh, celebrating with you um, uh, during this amazing occasion. And we look forward to seeing you, you and wishing, so you, wishing you Mazal Tov in person very, very soon. Uh, the news from Israel this morning has uh, shaken everybody, this terror attack in, in Kiryat Arba. And I take advantage of the fact that you're uh, with us uh, this morning in asking the following. It might be an obvious question, but maybe to those living in Israel it's not so obvious. Uh, I, I always seem to think, and in this case, of, uh, again, uh, I get this feeling that there's certain attacks because of the nature of them, in this case, infiltrating someone's home and bedroom, because of the victim, 13-year-old lovely girl. Um, it, th- there are certain attacks in certain episodes that, that, that seem to pierce the collective Jewish heart even more than others, not to minimize the other things that happen and the other tragedies and attacks that go on. I- am I right that uh, that people... Uh, in our extended community in Israel are feeling the same way this morning? Absolutely. Uh, And I would even take it a step further. I think it makes us recalibrate how we feel when, God forbid, we hear of other tragic news. And then you have to ask yourself, why aren't you feeling that pang? Why are you not feeling that pain? Right. When when, uh, another Jewish life has been snuffed. Is there a difference between a 50-year-old and a 13-year-old? And... And why does this give us more pause? Obviously, it's a tragic way, and it's just, it's just devastating, devastating news. It has rippled throughout Israel. Um, and you see the pictures, and it just rips your heart. 100%. And I contend that uh, caring Jews around the world are affected by it, as I say, piercing the collective Jewish heart. I, I, I don't think this is cynical, the way I'm going to say it. Uh, it, it might actually be closer to factual, um, and and that is that uh, you might see a spike in activity on your website today, and I say that because for some reason, and you've seen this, and I would bet years ago you doubted it would happen, for some reason in times of tragedy, you have seen the interest in people moving to Israel from North America go up. We have seen a a shocking, certainly to the media shocking, a lack of cancellations during trying times. And it seems that when episodes like this, sometimes unfortunately on a larger scale, take place, it gives people the push to head to the Holy Land. Is this something that you can explain? I think you're absolutely right. We've always seen a direct correlation. And I think with it, when, whenever you're hit with news, the tragic news of today... Uh, you do two things. Uh, obviously, you mourn, but besides mourning, you you strengthen your resolve in fighting for what is right and what is true, and you also appreciate, um, pause and appreciate more of what you have and the beauty that you have. Mm. Um, certain things seem a little bit more fleeting when when you see a precious soul lost. And if you take that combination of sorts of a strengthening of resolve and appreciation of what we have, people look at this as a time to seize a moment 
and to make a move or to at least express or narrate the emotion that they have and that palpable connection that they have to Israel. Yeah. And we definitely do see a, a direct correlation. We've discussed this in the past, and we've yeah. seen this over 14 years. We've seen at times that you would think that it's counterintuitive. You would see spikes of interest and resolve to come to move to Israel. Definitely not any cancellations. We haven't seen cancellations, not this year or not in the last 14 years. Um, it just strengthens an individual's resolve to continue with their plans. But, um, but sometimes it spikes in interest. Absolutely amazing. Uh, on Monday, July the 18th, and on Tuesday, August the 16th, Nefesh Menefesh will send the charter flights to Israel, plus plenty of group flights this summer as well. We'll have an opportunity to speak more about it, not just uh, during the flight when we are there, but um, and during that program when we land, which has been an amazing tradition. Uh, but we'll have a chance over the next couple of weeks, please God, as well. And I'm sure there are many stories and statistics and episodes of um, of uh, Aliyah uh, that are intriguing that we will uh, find interesting from the group that you are going to be escorting and that we'll have the privilege of escorting uh, this summer. It's definitely it's definitely a fun plane. It's a it's a full of very, very interesting stories. And I, I'm sure you, uh, you will enjoy, you and Miriam will enjoy covering it. There is no question about that. Rabbi Josh Fass is with us live via telephone. You're with us today, even in the uh, throes of your uh, pre-Simcha's, uh, prepar- pre-Simcha preparation, because uh, in, in Chutzlaaretz, outside of Israel, we are reading Parsha Shlach this week. And uh, that's something they're not doing in Israel. You've already read Parsha Shlach. We're moving on to Korah. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think one of the points we made the last time this happened is that <laughs> is that we have to understand that we really have to uh, appreciate the fact that if one thinks that they could be in Chutz La'aretz and really be close to or part of Israel, as much as we try to do that, you're still not really there until you're there. Until you're reading the right parsha on the right, we got to get in sync. Exactly. Until you're reading the right parsha on the right week. Simple as that. Rabbi Fass, I'll ask you the question. I think I have asked you before when it comes to parsha shlach, and give you an opportunity for your words of inspiration to this audience. And hopefully, there'll be people out there investigating nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. You know that this audience is one that continuously hears from me the message of Aliyah and connecting to the land. Um, it, they were they were no doubt one has to believe in our tradition uh, brilliant men and uh, men of leadership and of great stature and yet the majority of them the overwhelming majority of them um, expressed negative concerns regarding the land of Israel in reference to the spies the scouts sent forward by Moses to the land how can one explain how a group like that collectively can come up with the opinion that they, in fact, did in this week's Parsha. So I had a head start, because we did this last week. Right. <laughs> One of my kids asked the same question to me, and, and many times the commentaries take a negative approach of the men themselves, trying to find fault. And that's usually the default of what we do, is that if there was a sin that happened, let's, let's focus on the weakness of man. But I was looking at maybe a more simple approach and it allows them to somehow retain their, their place of stature within the community. And that's maybe just a focus on the power of obstacles. If you read the beginning comments that the Mirage and the spies give, it starts off positive. 
it's it's a land that has that marveled them. They were in complete wonder of what was happening, and the moment that they saw the obstacles of maybe it can't, maybe they'll fail in a conquest. Maybe it's not so easy to settle. All of a sudden, the, the obstacles overwhelmed their enthusiasm. Right, it started to cloud their vision. It started to weaken their resolve, and actually, ultimately, torpedoed their dreams and the collective dreams of our nation. And it's it's so often we see that a person can have this incredible initial zeal and enthusiasm to undertake any new accomplishment. Sometimes they're small, sometimes they're grand, sometimes they can change the destiny of one person and one's family forever. And then all of a sudden you get into the, the devil of the details and the knit and grit of, 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 of just the planning and the logistics and the obstacles, and sometimes it just your enthusiasm wanes. And all of a sudden that dream, that initial dream of enthusiasm, is put on the back burner. And we see that so often over these last you know, many, many years of dealing with tens of thousands of individuals who've made Aliyah and tens of thousands of individuals who've expressed making Aliyah. There's a certain point where you're, you teeter-totter over obstacles versus dream. And how do you fuel the challenges? How do you fuel that dream? How do you fuel that enthusiasm? How do you fuel that objective and mission statement that, that will always outweigh the obstacles that you may encounter that allows you to charge forward and to plug forward? Mm. And the Moroccan, their resolve was, le- was weakened. And the aftermath was catastrophic. Yeah. And, and, and how many times do we personally, when we hit an obstacle, how many times do we not charge forward? And then years later, we play the what-if game. And that's the simple message, which I try to express to one of my kids, that let's take it, let's personalize it a bit. You know, let's, not, let's not try to trash the Moroccan. Let's just internalize the message that we all confront obstacles that impede our progress, imp- impede our path. And um, so always remember that initial enthusiasm and how that can overcome the challenges that we How do we, uh, or, or how many people, I should say, in this audience are thinking that you are speaking directly to them, as I am? <laughs> that you are speaking directly with a message to, uh, to people. I guess that's good, by the way. Uh, if people like myself and others think you're speaking directly to them, then it's a message that will get through to us hopefully sooner rather than later. Rabbi Josh Fast with us live via telephone from Israel. Uh, Parsha Shlach. It's a good message for the children and grandchildren around the Shabbos table this week, everybody, in Chutz because I'm uh, assuming in Israel they'll be focused on Parsha's Korach. But for us in Parsha Shlach, a very good message Rabbi Fast just gave us one. We move on from one positive story to the next positive story. <laughs> <laughs> from one great moment in Jewish history to another great exactly. moment in Jewish history. <laughs> I'll tell you, that, that, it should make us appreciate these really unbelievable moments in recent Jewish history. Because so much of our history has had such challenging moments, I think sometimes we forget about the miraculous moments that we are experiencing over the last years. Or it makes you long for Sefer Vayikra, just Korbanah. <laughs> <laughs> practical way of looking at it. Uh, you'll have the opportunity to uh, to meet people uh, both uh, in uh, New York uh, as you uh, escort them and then, of course, land with them in Israel who have gone ahead and answered this call, who have uh, 
who have taken the final steps to this dream, which must be the most unbelievable feeling. Now, am I am I close? Did you just surpass a milestone number? Are you about to surpass a milestone number? Remind me where we're at with, with the milestones of Nefesh Benefesh. Well, you've just in, uh, stole our thunder and announced a 50,000th OLED this summer, but it's okay. <laughs> and when will that be? On which flight? I think already July, if we haven't, if we haven't reached it yet. So I will be on the same flight as the 50,000th OLED with Nefesh Benefesh? I think so. Wow. Hey, listen, you can be it if you just, just make a decision. You're telling me if I decided today to move to Israel next month? You would make sure yeah, that I'd be can, the we that can I give would you that Ed McMahon moment uh, right that I'd be the one designated as the fifty thousandth Ola. Yeah, fifty thousand Ola. It's been a it's been a fun it's been a fun journey so far. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, and we'll have an opportunity, obviously, to talk more about future plans, etc. I think last time you were on, I think we had started to explore some of the concepts and ideas that you had for the future. One might think that you've built this thing. And, uh, you know, it's pretty sufficient the way it operates at this point. And you have a large staff that takes care of everybody's needs and that reaches out to Jews in North America on a regular basis, both on the web and by phone and in person, as we saw at the mega event. But you feel, for some reason, it's not enough, that there's more growth, more potential, and more work to do. Absolutely. You just started. You just started. Both in North America and, and also in Israel after they arrived. Unbelievable. We're going to start making uh, major improvements, major changes, major announcements after the summer. A really, really fantastic initiative that we're about to launch. That will directly impact people already living in Israel, and I assume, in, in that case, help in encouraging those who have not yet moved to move there. Exactly. I can't we'll be e- talking about that on our July flight. I cannot even imagine what you're missing at this point, but I'm sure you'll enlighten us. Uh, listen, mazal tov to you. We should share b'surot tovot always, and you and your family should enjoy, enjoy this amazing simcha. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, uh, it's Parsha Shlach for us. You're, you're, you're going to miss it. No repeat this coming week for you, but uh, in Chutzlaretz, we will uh, certainly be spreading the word that you told us regarding this week's Parsha. We thank you, Rabbi Fass. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, he's amazing. Rabbi Josh Fass is the uh, co-founder with Tony Gelbart of uh, Nefesh Benefesh. And those of you who want information about any of this, and I encourage you to go ahead and get the information, you can go to the web, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, or 8664-ALIYAH, 8664-ALIYAH. I'm telling you, I had so many great follow-up lines when Rabbi Fass agreed I could be the 50,000th Oleb, but I'm so ashamed that I'm not doing it. I couldn't even use any of the good lines. But I had a lot of good ones that uh, that could have followed up on that point. 50,000 Olim, and we'll have the opportunity to escort that 50,000th Oleb to Israel coming up July the 17th. It's July the 18th. Pretty amazing. Ah, yes, Lenny Solomon, who I'm told is in for his annual summer tour. Probably be a lot of summer camps that will be enjoying his incredible presentation. Yes. 
And again, a big thank you to Rabbi Fass. 8.51 on this Thursday morning broadcast. Want to again watch a mazel tov to the Malone and, um, and the Mulgay families. Last night, Sarah Malone and Baruch Mulgay were married at the Rytown Hilton. Mazal tov to the uh, Malones, uh, Johnny and Lonnie of Lawrence, New York. Uh, very well-known, uh, incredible pillars of the community and... Uh, um, uh, known to many, many people out there. The extended Malone family is certainly very well known. And to uh, Heshi and Michal Amolgay and their entire family from Cedarhurst, um, it's just a wonderful celebration to the Malones and the Amolgays. We say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And just an incredible performance last night by Aaron Teitelbaum, Yisrael Lamb, and the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra uh, with Shlemy Daskal. They did do that incredible medley I've been talking about to uh, open up the reception I guess we can call it the Rachem Medley because there are two Rachems in it. And, and that's uh, an original arrangement by Yisrael M. And it was just an incredible, Lebedic, wonderful celebration. Uh, so I say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. More coming up. Uh, thanks for tuning in to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, around the world in the web, jmtheam.org. Big day on our stream at jmtheam.org. We'll give you more of that information coming up. Keep it at JM in the AM.
day we fight a battle On the news we are the stars As history repeats itself And makes us who we are Hate is all around us But we'll be here to sing question about that. Jakob Schwecki here at JMDM. Um Want to say hi to the Hagler family. They're tuned in on their ride back from Cincinnati. Apparently a year ago they were listening to us driving to Cincinnati. Now they're driving back from Cincinnati. We say hi to Ellie and the entire family from all of us here at JM and the AM. Uh, an amazing day on our stream all day long. Uh, Charlie Harari's next. He'll be on in a couple of minutes with the uh, boardroom. His topic, how to see your problems as opportunities. At 10 o'clock, Allison Josephs on Jew in the City Speaks interviews Wendy Shallot, author of A Return to Modesty. On That's Life, Miriam L. Wallach at 10.30. We'll have a pre-July 4th edition of That's Life with Sergeant Arthur Perlman, recently named to the Veterans Hall of Fame. And after the live lunch, Mayor Fertig with a very interesting program. He'll feature Bethany Mandel and Skylar Bader discussing how the Orthodox community treats converts, not the rabbinical politics of conversion, but actual Ben Adam Havero issues. Bethany and Schuyler will be with Mayor Fertig discussing how the Orthodox community treats converts 1 o'clock today on our stream at jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. We should mention that uh, tomorrow morning our weekly update will take place. That's happening at um, that's happening at 7.40 Eastern Time tomorrow morning right here at jmnam.org and on the NSN app. So tune in from anywhere around the world. If you're on vacation tomorrow for the weekend, make sure to tune in. You have all the options Every possible option there is of how to tune into this radio show we've given you. So please tune in and make sure to be uh, listening when we do the weekly update tomorrow. Uh, and our Friday morning edition, of course, will start at 6 a.m. And you're invited to hear the entire thing, not just um, not just the weekly update. And uh, then it will be the 4th of July weekend. Mayor Fertig will be sitting in on Monday, which is the 40th anniversary on the secular calendar of the Entebbe Rescue. For those of you young enough or old enough to remember <laughs> and um, and that is that uh, our brothers and sisters in Israel we are with you it's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange WMFU Mount Hope Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey around the world on the web jmtheam.org and of course on the NSN app 
That wraps things up for a Thursday morning. Charlie Harari next. Great programming all day long on the stream at jmam.org and the NSN app. Make sure to install it on your iPhone and Android. Tomorrow morning we're back starting at 6. Weekly update at 7.40. Make sure to be tuned in. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.